I would tell my earlier self to set up a processes and procedures manual really early. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Ryan McAniff of Minute Women Home Care. Ryan, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for, so much for having me. It's uh, always a blast to be able to do things like this. Yes, absolutely. It's great to, to hear about all the awesome things that you're doing and super excited to have a contributor on our site um, on the podcast as well. So what I want to do is just read a little bit more about Ryan so you can hear about some of those awesome things before we jumped in. And Ryan is the owner of Minute Women Home Care, a private home health care company located in Lexington, Massachusetts, six miles outside of Boston. Established in 1969, Ryan bought the company from his aunt in 2011 and has been focused on growing his business. Ryan is on the board of directors for the, the National Aging in Place Council. Council, a nonprofit which helps connect seniors to proper senior care services. And Ryan hosts two podcasts, The Caregiver Toolbox and The Conversations with Tara and Mike. And Tara and Ryan, I'm sorry. In his free time, Ryan enjoys golf, snowboarding, and spearfishing. Ryan, super excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit. I know I touched on a little bit. Hear a little bit more on how you got started with a car your CEO story. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I fell backwards into uh, this opportunity. I, um, after college, I'm, I'm from New England, from Boston. We were talking about that. I moved out to Colorado. I wanted to drink beer and snowboard. I was successful at doing both. And uh, and my parents moved down to Florida, like so many New Englanders do, for retirement. Um, but my mom got sick. She was uh, uh, she got cancer. It was bad. Um, and I, as an only child, I quit my job and I moved down to be with her in Florida. But while I was out in Colorado, I was racking my brain on what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to be an employee. I wanted to be a business owner. And um, as we all know, as we age, weddings and funerals bring people together. And my mom's sickness was terminal. And I had the opportunity to talk with my aunt. And she had been out of her business for a number of years. It was definitely trending in the wrong direction. And she was like, if you want to have this opportunity, um, you know, you, you've, you've got a win-win situation. If you don't like it, you can walk away. And if you're able to resurrect this thing, then you look like a hero because this thing's a year away or so from being insolvent. And so um, I tried it out for a year. We started seeing progress. We came up with a uh, way to um, pay for the, the business. And that was my 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 mom's last gift, as I like to say to people, like if she and I had, she hadn't gotten sick and I hadn't gone down to Florida and my aunt and I got talking, I would have never had this opportunity. And, you know, I needed 24 hour home care for my mom. I needed hospice for my mom. And that's what I do now. I provide the same type of care to stressed out families who are going through the worst days of their lives and trying to make it a little bit better and providing dignity to people that have had all everything, all their dignity taken away from them because of the diseases they're going through. Um, so it's a great way to make a living, to help families and to employ people. And uh, it was sometimes life's a roller coaster. You just have to grip it, rip it, and just go along for the ride. I never thought I'd be back in Boston, but that's the way life takes you. And everybody's got their ups and their downs. 
Yes, absolutely. And so um, you, you, I know you already touched on, you know, how you work with your clients. I wanted to know if there was anything additional that you do to kind of help serve your clients you can kind of touch on and what you feel kind of is like what I like to call your secret sauce that could be for yourself or the business or a combination of both and what you feel kind of sets you apart. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. There, there are a couple things that um, I, I like to be self-critical in my own industry. In Massachusetts, there isn't a whole lot of regulation in private home care. It's the equivalent of opening a house cleaning company in terms of, of what the government looks at us. In other states, it's highly regulated. So the reason I bring that up is that every, there, are, there are literally thousands of private agencies and everybody's the greatest. Nobody's ever said, hey, Gresham, I'm the worst, you know? <laughs> and so, so a lot of these hospital discharger planners will, will hear that same spiel over and over again, and they'll just kind of roll their eyes like, yeah, great. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that we're a business that's, that's, that's run on crisis. Um, for whatever reason, people, uh, whether it's taboo, whether it's just tough to have this conversation with your family members, they don't wait to make a plan until it's already too late to make the plan. And mom goes into the hospital on a Wednesday, is gonna be discharged on a Friday at three o'clock. And what the heck do we do when moms gets home over the weekend? And that's where the discharge planner goes, call Minute Women or another private agency. So we're gonna be getting, our biggest two days are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning when people are discharging home or they've gotten home and they realize they're over their head and they can't do this. So. When it comes to a secret sauce, what I tell the, the people, listen, there are great home care companies out there, but it doesn't matter if you're the most perfect home care company in the world. If you don't have caregivers, you are not going to get the business and it doesn't matter. And we're going to make sure that we always have those caregivers. Um, it sounds silly, but a lot of home care companies don't focus on recruitment and hiring of caregivers that's a secondary job for the office staff and that to me is the equivalent of a car dealership saying hey we'll get around to buying new inventory when we can well if you don't have inventory to sell nobody's going to show up to your your, your... now granted caregivers are not inanimate objects that sit on a floor and just with their human beings. But the point being is you need to have those caregivers and your, your roster and your bench staff to be able to, to jump in and provide care at a very short notice. Um, when it comes to secret sauce and something that is a little bit more, um, uh, more applicable to all CEOs and businesses is I've found that communication is the crux of every single issue that we've generally had, whether it's inter-office or between customers and um, the office or between the office and caregivers. Communication is always key and 90% of issues can be uh, handled or small fires can be put out relatively easy with communication. And so we strive to make sure that we are constantly talking with our customers, whether that's by phone, whether that's by text, whether that's by email. So that way, even if we do a bad job or even if a caregiver does something that makes you want to lose your hair in which I've lost it all already, um, you won't say that, hey, we couldn't have done better with communication or we couldn't have done um, better with that. As far as one other thing of a secret sauce that I've always believed in is that we were kind of talking about this in the pre-recording is that you need to invest in your company before customers are going to be investing in your company. Um, it's just one of the things that it, it takes money to make money. And you might sit there and say, hey, listen, I'm making a hundred grand a year as a business owner, and this is great. And if I hire somebody, that means I'm going to only be making 40 grand a year or whatever it is, or 60 grand a year. Um, but that person is going to allow you to free up your time to be able to do more high value dollar uh, tasks. And so you need to look at it in those terms of being able to invest that money 
before you need to do it rather than afterwards. And I've learned that the, the harder way and everybody learns it at their own pace. And that's something that I've learned over the years. And so um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? You know, what, what has made me more efficient, I would say, is, is really focusing on um, kind of that GTD model, that, that book and learning about that, whether it's looking at Reddit's productivity models or having that tax, task list, having that um, inbox that allows you to quickly, um, uh, quickly, you know, store something and then it's out of sight, out of mind. I definitely am a big fan of Cal Newport. His books and his podcast on productivity are really good. And he, he has really opened my eyes in some ways of, of realizing that sitting in front of a computer and ticking off little mundane tasks, like everybody looks at their email box 900 times or their text messages 900 times. Well, you know, you end the day and you're like, well, what did I really accomplish? Like, how did I move the needle by responding to emails within a minute of them coming in? Well, you really didn't, you know, unless they were a big customer or those once out of every hundred emails that are important. Um, but you need to sit there and write down what are the tasks that are really going to propel you forward in your business forward and focus on them. And then going kind of back to with, I know you move it, but going back to the, the little hack or secret sauce is that all the stuff that you didn't have that you, that doesn't move the needle, you got to find somebody else to do that for you, or you have to outsource that or eliminate that. And that kind of mentality of thinking about, Hey, my time is worth $500 an hour, let's say, um, even if it's not, and I, I hope one day my time is worth $500 an hour. Um, if it was that, would you ever do some of the tasks that you're doing right now? And maybe you have to do some of them now because you don't have that money. But if you do, then you need to look at what are those things. And I felt like when you start productivity system, very simple, a task manager, an inbox, like an email or an Evernote. And then you start getting into a habit like that every day. It allows you to kind of focus on the stuff that is really important. And then you can either delegate or eliminate some of the other stuff. Not every email has to be responded to, right? So I feel like those are some of those things that while it's no magic bullet, and I don't think anybody's ever going to give you a magic bullet, being able to um, utilize your time the best that you can is really important. And I've always been fascinated how somebody like Elon Musk or Bezos or Cuban or whoever, they, they've all got 24 hours in the day, just like you and me. They have more money, but they don't have any more time. How are they utilizing their time so well and effectively that they can grow these giant companies while you, know, you and I and others here are trying to grow our company? How can we emulate that and take some of that, um, that, that insane amount of productivity that they have and utilize it uh, for our businesses as well? Absolutely appreciate that. And so I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget, a little bit more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. You might've already touched on this, but it's something you might tell your younger business self if you were to hop, hop into a time machine. Oh, that's an easy one. Um, I would tell my earlier self to set up a processes and procedures manual really early. Um, that's one thing that you know, I think, and I guess every answer I'm going to give you is going to weave itself back into the previous answers. But when you're a CEO and you're a solopreneur, or there's only one or two of you in the office, it's acceptable to have everything up here in your brain, right? And then people come to you and say, hey, Gresham, what do I do in this situation? Hey, Gresham, what do I do in that situation? Well, when you then get 
15 full-time employees like I have right now. And people are calling you up and being like, well, what do I do? And you're sitting there going like, I told you this like 10 times, but you know, I remember telling you this, but you've got a lot of the employees got a lot of things in their life. You, know, you got to put all that stuff down on a piece of paper in a processes and procedures manual. None of it's going to be perfect. It's going to be, this is the ge the general rules of how I want my business to run. And when things deviate from that, come see me. And so I have found over the last two years that putting that down onto pieces of paper, in a, in a whether it's online through some internet thing, whether it's a physical manual that people can look at, um, at least they can reference that first. And then if they have questions, then they come talk to you. But that is going to allow you to not only have your business down on a piece of paper, so it allows you free time to go do what you need to do to move the needle. It's also going to show you where there are gaps in your processes and procedures manual, because people are going to say, hey, listen, this says to do this, but like, this is how it's done now. And so my rule of thumb has been every time your business grows 20%, you need to look back at that processes and procedures manual and reevaluate it from soup to nuts and go it over with each one of your, your team members of the, your management, whoever's in charge of whatever department and say, is this app applicable still? What needs to change? What needs to be tweaked? And so the more that you can do that, the more that it's going to allow you to free up your time to do things that help you grow your business rather than explaining to people mundane tasks over and over again, because that process is and procedures manuals up in your head rather than, than down on paper. And so I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping our different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Ryan, what does being a CEO mean to you? To me, being a CEO and, and my main aspect of my job is hiring people that are better at, at than me at what I lack. And so your job as a CEO is to surround yourself with people that are smarter or wiser than you are, and then to take their advice and to, to at least listen to their advice when they're giving that to you. Um, if you're the type of CEO that thinks you know everything, I think you're, you're, you're the Titanic uh, cruising towards the iceberg. Um, it, so for me, being a CEO is surrounding yourself with really smart people that are either more talented than you or smarter than you in areas in which you're deficient and uh, building off of where off of that. Um, truly appreciate that. Uh, what I wanted to do now is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get all of you. Subscribe to your podcast. Hear all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Yeah, sure. Um, two things I'll mention. I, I do a podcast called The Caregiver's Toolbox. It's it's not making me any money. It's a labor of love. It's there to try to give education and information to families that um, are starting their journey into the senior care world. So if you want to listen to a bunch of different senior care experts, by all means, go go over and do that. Um, a, not, a plug for some something that's totally not related to me, but it is related to senior care, is that if you want to start the process of uh, getting your affairs in order, I really recommend going to Five Wishes. Um, just type that into Google. They ask for a $5 donation and they give you uh, a few pages of information and questions that you can talk to your family members about. And it helps you start that process of who's going to be your healthcare proxy, who's going to be in charge of things when things go badly, what is the plan? And it gives a step-by-step -step process. And it's an easy way for families to kind of breach that conversation when, when the adult child is becoming a bit more of the parent than the parent is now. And you need to have that conversation. So go check out Five Wishes. I have no affiliation just a good resource for, for people out there. And if you want to listen to my podcast, it's the Caregiver's Toolbox. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. We will definitely have the links and information in the show notes. I appreciate that that last, you know, uh, hack as well too, because I think so many times we don't realize, like I kind of talked about before, of you know what to do when those situations happen. So to be able to have that exercise in place before that happens is so huge. And I imagine the people that are um, have less maybe heartburn and frustration during those times are those people that have gone through those exercises. So thank you so much, and you know, remind us of that. You know, for providing so much great insight and impact, and definitely looking forward to having you back on. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast, powered by CB Nation and Blue Sixteen Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase; it's a community. Get your driven CEO gear at ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.